Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's time to settle down. Settle down. Listen to the soothing sound. Oh yeah, Oh, because this. Oh my God, this. Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, this. Is on a roll. Hello and welcome back to on a roll where we take an unhealthy obsession in an actor's filmography. My name is Tom, and joining me as ever is emma hello hello how are we i'm all right yeah um bit nervous um tom's had two cans of silly juice this morning <laughs> silly juice um, if you listen to last cans. week's episode he had one can of imaginary silly juice this morning he had two cans and it got a bit weird last week <laughs> no not another one there's a third one. Oh god <laughs> oh good lord oh, you're gonna need the toilet in about half an hour i know yeah um <laughs> <laughs> god how, how have you been this week yeah not bad um it's a long weekend here in the uk so pretty happy about that an extra day off work it's all we it's all we ever want isn't it yeah an extra day off that nine to five but yeah Working no, it's been all right nine to five what about you what have you been up to What's new? Um, not a lot, really. Not a not a whole. God, we're fucking boring, aren't we? We are so boring. Oh, I went to the cinema last night and I saw "Those Who Wish Me Dead" with Angelina Jolie, Nicholas Holt. She went Um, with you. That's crazy. It was the whole gang was there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, what's I just thought that they'd have been like Aidan Gillen. Aidan Gillen. Is, Is he, he the one that's in Littlefinger? In Littlefinger. He's he in Littlefinger. Little <laughs> Shantra. Shantra. Yeah, he was in it playing a bastard as usual. And my favourite, John Berthnall, the Punisher. He's a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take your word for it. I'll He's a hottie. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. It did feel a bit like... Um, two hours of American firefighter propaganda, but it was good. <laughs> I always feel like John Berthnall... He, something about his face. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It looks like his, I think, right, I've said this from day one, I think he looks like a shark. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. He's shark-like, but like it's hot. <laughs> I mean, is, have you got like a shark fetish or something? Maybe. Or like, Maybe. Finding Nemo for me is a is a trip. <laughs> fish or friends, not food. <gasps> Take me, daddy. <laughs> Oh, Bruce, you naughty boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. The Australian accents have started. Oh, dear. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Should we probably, like, explain this isn't a Australian accent, no? This is, like, South African or something like that. But oh. should we... Should, should we... Should um, we? <laughs> I'm just going to get rid of that. Should we explain what this podcast is? Yeah, so this podcast... <laughs> Isn't about sharks. 
Um, it's not about little fingers. It is about movies. It's all about filmographies. So Tom and I, me and Tom, choose one actor every series and we watch all of their stuff in order. Movies, TV shows, whatever else. And we review it and we have fun and it's a great time. So season one, we did Robert Pattinson. Um, season two, we did Ryan the Goose Gosling. And now we're on season three and we're watching everything by Zoe Saldana. So yeah, hello, welcome. Thanks for coming. Yes, uh, and this is just your reminder that uh, after this week we're taking a little um, mid-season break. So we we'll be back on the 23rd of June. Yeah, back and badder than ever, I'll have you know. Yeah, because we are exactly halfway through Zoe's filmography. So you've got eight more fantastic episodes. We are halfway through and things episodes. have only just only just hotted up. <laughs> yes. Um, so this week we have watched Star Trek, Avatar, Woo! Woo! and Death at a Funeral, yeah. um, which is the slight dip in quality. But anyway, um, <laughs> should we kick it off with Star Trek? Because I feel like this is going to be a jam-packed episode yeah let's just crack on through it star trek 2009 i first want to start this discussion by saying i have so many good memories of this film like i love this film so much i bought it on the itunes store when i was how old were we 14 2009 yeah 13 or 14 maybe um yeah probably yeah anyway i was young i bought it on the itunes store and i used to watch it on my ipod touch when i was in bed just repeatedly. <laughs> I used to go to bed and watch it on my iPod. Yeah. Oh, Chris Pine. Oh, Chris, I love you. I love you, Chris. I love oh, my you. God. Speaking of Chris's, who should yeah. be in the opening sequence but the did man you not, himself? Do you not know? Well, I did, but I for- completely forgot. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, because he was, he was in it. This is Chris Hemsworth we're talking about, by the way. Yeah. For people who don't know, he, he plays um, Captain Cook's James T. Kirk's father in this. Yeah. I, I can't remember what his name is. Trevor? I don't know. Um, yeah, George? Something like that. Yeah, he was in this before he was famous. Because I saw... It was like the Tom Hiddleston or Chris Hemsworth posted on Instagram a few weeks ago. Oh, the newspaper clipping. Yeah, yeah. Of like, oh, it's 10 years since we were both cast in um, Thor. And like the, the article was like, oh, Marvel's taking a risk by casting these newcomers. Um, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth... And then it's, you know, like they list what they've been in. It's like Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the only thing he'd been in. And then that they cared about. And then Tom Hiddleston, it was like, I think he's done like theatre. Yeah. So I have a few things to say about this. The first thing is, isn't it funny how at the time Chris Pine was probably like top of the list of Chris's and Chris Hemsworth was like not even in the list of Chris's. And Mm. now if you were to reorder the Chris's, Chris Hemsworth would obviously be at the top. And honestly... Chris Pine would probably be three. You're, you're after putting Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Wait, what? What? Whoa! Yeah, 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 yeah. I said what I said. I said what I said. So sorry, you're putting Chris Evans where? Second. Right. Right. After. I Hemi. mean, Chris Hemsworth is pretty good, but <laughs> he's no Chris Evans. Right. Well. That's open to interpretation. The point stands that Chris Pine is now three, and at the time he was probably one. Which is just very interesting how someone can fall from grace in a matter of years. Yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> My second point is now, Chris Hemsworth 
does not look anything like Chris Pine. However, I thought the casting for him playing his dad was actually good because I feel like they look kind of similar at that point in time. Whereas now, I mean, Chris Pine should be lucky to be compared well, to Chris Well, you'd, in- you'd be interested <laughs> to know that, because um, obviously there's three of these Star Trek films. There mm-hmm. was announced a fourth when they released mm-hmm. Star Trek Beyond, the third one. Yeah. And it was announced that Chris Hemsworth would be returning as obviously in a much larger role as Chris yeah, yeah. Uh, Pine's father. Obviously, it's not entirely clear how that would have been possible because, spoiler, he dies within like the first mm-hmm. five minutes mm-hmm. of the film. Um, or did he? Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was sucked into a red matter black hole and catapulted 30 well, years know, into the future. In, um, yeah, as we know, in Star Trek, no one is truly dead because just timey-wimey Well, it's any, anything happen. sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But yeah... It's nice to see Chris. Um, the surprise casting for me in this was that fucking Winona Ryder is um, Spock's mum. Had you seen this before? Yeah, I've seen this before, but I didn't know that yeah. that's who she was. Do you know what I have to say about this as well? Is if it wasn't for her voice, I don't think I would have recognised her for about an hour because her face just looks nothing like her really? face. That's what, see, that's me. what I recognised. Was it? See, as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot it's Winona Ryder. But looking at her, I was like... Yeah. Who is and this? Who is this? Apparently, she's only slightly older than Zachary Quinto. <laughs> I mean, he has aged And she's like 25 years younger than the person who plays her husband. But apparently, that was because originally, um, the film opened with a scene of her giving birth to Spock. So they needed a mm. younger person to play his mother. But then that scene was cut. Aww. Zachary, Zachary Quinto. Uh, this is his film debut. After I love him coming so to much. prominence in the hit TV show Heroes. <laughs> oh my God, we're a back favorite again. of mine. But not only that, in Heroes, um, George Takei, who plays Sulu, he is mm-hmm. in Heroes also mm-hmm. as Hero Nakamura's father. And in that, his the registration of his limo because he's like a businessman is mm-hmm. the um, number of the Star Trek. Of the USS Enterprise, NCC one seven. Yeah, that's his regist- that's his registration plate on his limo. Um, love just it. Little, I love it. Little nod there. Yeah. So I've got like they. If you look up trivia for this film, there is so much because it's like in the in this episode of Star Trek: The Original Series, this happened, and then this yeah. similar thing this happens was, um, in this film. This was legitimately me watching the film because I've been raised a Trekkie by my dad, and no way more than I probably need to about Star Trek and I was telling Luke stuff the whole time we were watching it to the point he was just getting annoyed and I was like quoting along to the film and like the speech at the end and he was just looking at me like I don't know who you are anymore (laughs) (laughs) this is too much (laughs) um yeah so like my history with Star Trek is this was like my first introduction to Star Trek I never watched Star Trek when I was a kid I've never I didn't watch Next Generation or any of that stuff you would you would love the next generation and Voyager. That's yes, you see. All I've you I've tried I've tried, so I've tried to start Next Generation because it's on like Netflix or something, and I just couldn't get into it. But I've heard that the first series of it is like not like the rest yeah, of it. Stick with it. But I just couldn't get get, get through it. Oh, but yeah, because I've always been like a a Doctor Who Star Wars boy. But I I really enjoy these films. He's just a space boy. Yeah, I am. But. <laughs> I don't know, there's something about the Star Trek universe that, I don't know, it feels a little bit clinical to me. Do you know what I mean? I am 
Star Trek over Star Wars, and I always have been. Ooh. And I think that's rare. That's rare these days, isn't it? Is it? Easy. These days, it's rare to find somebody that likes Star Trek <laughs> more than Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, you're going to get the comparison. And then, obviously, J.J. Abrams directed this and he directed mm-hmm. Star Wars. Uh, I think mm-hmm. probably based off this, because Star Trek is always more of, um, like, diplomacy, do you know what I mean? And yeah, then Star this Trek is a bit more action-packed. Is, yeah, definitely. I, I, f- I love Star Trek. I could talk about it all day, but this isn't the Star Trek podcast. Maybe we should do a spin-off. But <laughs> We'll do. Tom watches The Next Generation <laughs> and we review every episode. But, so like, I watched Star Trek Discovery, though, and that might be like, yeah. I don't know, blasphemy, because I, I feel like that's quite a departure from the norm. Because like, mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. episodic. It's like no. serialised. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Star Trek's more like you know, Doctor Who, Villain of the Week, yeah. Monster of the <laughs> yeah. Week, Alien of the Week. But yeah, so should we talk about the film? I feel like people have seen it, but the plot of the film is, I quite enjoy, there's a little twist that this is obviously like a reboot of Star Trek, but they managed to do it in a way that still they still had the old series. So the characters yeah. from the original series, or one of the characters from the original series, travels back in time and mm-hmm. causes an event which basically resets the timeline and causes a new timeline to happen, which means that they could tell their own original stories and have their own original characters and not mm-hmm. have it influence anything that came before, which is quite clever. So clever. Yeah, so clever. And it also means they get Leonard Nimoy in it as well, a Spock. So yeah, he comes back with some Romulans and they kill <laughs> Kirk's dad, which <laughs> like sets off a whole chain of events where he's more of like an outcast and like a bit of a mm-hmm. a loner dude, bit of a yeah. maverick, which apparently mm-hmm. Chris Pine based his performance off Tom Cruise in Top Gun. I knew you were going to say that, yeah. Apparently he did loads of research for the role by like watching all of the original series and stuff, but he was like, I'm not going to imitate... Um, I know Shatner. 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 I shatnered all <laughs> over the place. Me and my, me and my um, uni housemate, who was also called Tom, Fuck's we sake. used to. Uh, there are five names for lads our age. I'm sure. <laughs> it, we used to always say like, "Oh, I shattered all over the place." If like someone, or or he he shattered all over the place. If someone like over overreacted to something or overacted, because <laughs> there's like a gif of like, I think it's um like someone stabilized a shot of like when <laughs> the the Enterprise has been hit by something and like William Shatner like falls against the wall dramatically. <laughs> But, like, they've done it so that the camera doesn't shake and it's just him overacting to, like, fuck, it's so funny. Yeah, William Shatner is very, you're tearing me apart, Lisa, with his acting sometimes. You're tearing me (laughs) apart, Lisa! I did not hit her, I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Uh, That's not William Shatner, but, yeah. (laughs) It's the same energy. (laughs) Yeah, he, he, apparently as well, um, have you seen the film Galaxy Quest? So you like that Mm -hmm. film as well? Yeah. That's based off an interaction or something that William Shatner had with um, fans at a convention or something, or someone witnessing him having... Yeah, yeah. um, My dad loves that film. I must have watched that so many times growing up. And every single time we watched it, he'd be like, this is actually based off real things that happened (laughs) in the Star Trek convention. And I'd just be like, Dad, I know you told me the last nine times. (laughs) Um, It's a good film. Yeah, it is a good film. It's very good. They wanted to do a sequel, didn't they, I think? They were talking about a sequel for a long time, but then... um, Bring it back. Alan Rickman's dead. Bring it back. Oh, man. Way to lower the tone. It's got Sigourney <laughs> Weaver in it, though. She might pop up this week. Oh, queen. So, yeah, they come back in time, change the timeline, and then he's, like, trying to join Starfleet. 
but he's butting heads with Spock. Um, he's trying mm-hmm. to chat up a horror played by the one and only Zoe Saldana. She's great in this. So good. And yeah, they go on a little space adventure because the Romulans start attacking the planet Vulcan, where where ah. old Spocky boys from. Spocky boy. And then Kirk has to like implicate himself in to like take over the ship because he knows best because he's Captain Kirk, but he's not Captain Kirk yet. Sorry. And then he. Um, yeah. His his origin story. Yeah, and then no one believes him, no one trusts him. Spock is becomes the captain of the Enterprise. Then he has to like dethrone him after he's bumped into old Spock or Spock Prime. And it's just uh, <laughs> Spock to Miss Prime. <laughs> fucking right. Is Leonard Leonard Nimoy Leonard Nimoy Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy? Is he in the Transformers films as well? I feel like I've made that um... up. I don't remember at all. I don't feel like he would lower uh, himself. I think he's. I think he's in one of the later ones. Hang on, let me just have a quick goog. Ratio. Um. Oh yeah, he was in Transformers: Dark Side of the Moon, two thousand eleven. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? I've just remembered now. I fucking knew it. Well remembered. But it. But wow. I'll admit, in my head, he played Optimus Prime. But that, but that's yeah. not true. He played Galvatron. Um. Yeah, which he also played Sentinel in Transformers Prime. the movie, the animated oh, one. My God, yeah, he provided the voice of Galvatron yeah. in the Transformers the movie, and a quarter of a century century later, he returned to the fold to give Sentinel Prime his sonorous tones in the third nice. of Mister Bay's. This is on the Transformers wiki. They refer to Michael Bay as Mister Bay. Live action Transformers sagas saga. Oh. And apparently, this is a very informal wiki. Oh, and apparently he also played an alien on some old sci-fi show alongside fellow Transformers voice actor George Takei. But no one remembers that anymore. (laughs) Some old sci-fi show. Mr. N also did two seasons of Mission Impossible and somehow managed to avoid being in an episode with Shatner. He was to retire in 2010, with his final role being the voice of Maxter Zenonaut in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Alongside other Transformers is a busy boy. voice actors such as Kirk Thornton and Richard Epcar. But he officially He's violated his boy. retirement in 2011, appearing in the alternate music video of The Lazy Song by Bruno Mars. His true final role was a cameo in that alien, as that alien in the 2013 movie of that old sci-fi show that went into darkness. <laughs> what a weird wiki oh, that's page. That's so funny. That's so funny. What the hell, dude? Wow, cool. Oh, and then it says Nimoy died on the morning of February 27th, 2015 due to complications of end-stage chronic obstructive pulmonary disease at the age of 83. Rest assured, he lived long and prospered. Wow, now I'm just going to cry, dot. aren't I? So thanks for that. That's sad as fuck. <laughs> oh, and then I've just remembered this. There's a picture of him and it says Bilbo. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, bravest little hobbit of them all. Do you know what that's a reference to? No. He's got a song about Bilbo Baggins. I do remember this. I feel like I maybe heard this when I was in school. Now, I may may insert a clip of this song here. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Did I do it? We'll never know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
Um, okay. The level of professionalism on this podcast is just fucking 10 out of 10. Oh. 10 out of 10. This is what people tune in for, I'm sure. Yeah, well, yeah, we stand Leonard Nimoy, very much so. Um, William Shatner, yeah, take him or leave him. Um, yeah. Zoe Saldana, though, why we're all here, she's great in this. She's she's killing it. They also have, um, they also like start the thing of her and Spock being in a relationship. They're so cute. They are really, really now, cute. This, I love how she supports him. This is um a little thing, like I believe a little, well, not a reference or I don't know what to call it, but apparently in the original series, the original series is famous for having the first on-screen interracial kiss yep. between uh, Captain Kirk and Ahura. Mm-hmm. And apparently in the original script, it was supposed to be Spock, but ah. one Mr. William Shatner threw his toys out the pram, allegedly. And, I mean, I can believe it. I and can believe it. Yeah, it's a point of contention between the original cast. Oh. I, think. I remember because I watched a documentary. Do you remember Bring Back with Justin Lee Collins? Oh, yeah, I do, but we don't, we don't like him. Yeah, we don't talk about him. But no. he did bring back... <laughs> I do remember it, though, he yeah. Br- he did bring back Star Trek, and like the cast didn't really fancy getting back together or getting back together with a certain member because there's a bit of a rift between them because they don't like him. Yeah, he's um, meant to be a bit of a dick, isn't he? So Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I think that's a, a rectifying of that. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. Just, just giving the credit where credit was due. Because also then that would have been like... Because I think Leonard Nimoy's Jewish as well, isn't it? So it would have been a Jewish interracial kiss as well and it would have been a yeah, big moment Star in history. Trek, like, Star Trek kind of pioneered sort of like... I don't want to call it tolerance because I just think that sounds really negative, but like they were very pioneering of stuff like, yeah, interracial relationships, racism, like the whole point of Star Trek originally was to show how different races and alien species could live harmoniously. It's all about building a utopia and showing that everyone's just the same and you shouldn't be a dick basically. So yeah, it's a shame they didn't go for the spocky kiss but what are you gonna do when you've got shitner in your cast well exactly exactly but yeah that's why i love star trek it's just it's just so good it, I just love it's, it so much. it's quite good in it i can see why it's it's endured yeah so just going back a few weeks do you remember i was talking about um unnecessary cgi in films yeah and we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we spoke about the like hand and stuff. james bond's fake gloves or like yeah painting out of his gloves there's some mm-hmm. unnecessary cgi in this as well oh go on tell me so before he joins starfleet and he's in the diner and he's just been beaten up he plays with a salt shaker that's in the shape yeah. of one of the starships and some salt mm-hmm. pours out pours out of it that's cgi salt what? <laughs> they couldn't um they couldn't uh like get a thing to pour salt out of or something. I don't know why. Are you telling me it wouldn't have been cheaper just to actually make a salt shaker? I don't know what I'm to sure tell you. I'm sure it actually would I have do been not, cheaper. I do not know what to tell you. You could probably get one off Etsy right now. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. But I'm going to look. <laughs> and apparently that's a reference to the fact that in the original series, a lot of the futuristic props were made of salt shakers. <laughs> ah, um, I didn't know that. But uh, And I've also just remembered another unnecessary cgi or random bit of cgi um yeah. there's some in john wick uh, no. in the original john wick his dog does a poo on the lawn um <laughs> and the dog poo is cgi 
something to do with like animal oh, rights. You can't like force an animal to do a shit or whatever. So they had wow. to do CGI poo. That is wow. I mean, fair enough, I guess. Oh my god, you can get Star Trek salt and pepper shake. You can get Star Trek pizza cutters. Like I have a Star Trek pizza cutter shaped like NCT one seven oh one. Yeah. It's from Mankind, if anyone wants to get it. There are other stores available, though, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure you can I'm find actually, a retailer. So these rare classic Star Trek Enterprise and Klingon salt and pepper shakers new in box are £34. I'm kind of tempted, if I'm honest. So, uh, and that's well within the budget of a film. Yeah, like, CGI is not cheap. To do a little bit... Oh, imagine salt is like a bit of a... They just do salt filter. The thing is, though, this looks like a collector's item, and I would actually just want to use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe don't do okay. that. Maybe I just will. <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated, you can get a BB-8 and R2-D2 salt and pepper shaker, which I feel like you would like. C-3, C-3PO has been done dirty there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> BB-8 just came in. They've and was literally like, been you. a partnership <laughs> for fucking 30, 40 years. And BB-8 just came BB-8's in. BB-8's like, been around nope. since 2015, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'm adding this to my basket on ebay and i'll think about it <laughs> should i just read you go, go watch star trek by the way uh, but should i yeah, just read you all it. my all my seriously my trivia that i've got because i've got yes, fucking please. shit loads yes please um the sound of the automatic doors opening on the uss enterprise is a russian trained toilet flushing i did not know that <laughs> john cho That's who cool. plays sulu in the in this film he was nervous about being cast cast as the Japanese-American officer, Sulu, because he is actually Korean-American. So oh. there's a slight race difference. But George no. Takei, who played Sulu on Star Trek... I hope I'm getting his name right, by the way. I'm pretty sure it's Takei, because... It is Takei, he did a, to rhyme with toupee. He did a, he did a <laughs> campaign where there was they were saying that you weren't allowed to say gay in schools in America. So he did mm-hmm. a campaign where he said, Don't say gay. Say... Okay. Yeah, because um, he is gay. There's uh, an sure. interview. There's an interview where it's with the original Star Trek cast and William Shatner's being a bit of a shitner, and um, he calls George Takei George Takei all the time. Yeah. And George Takei goes, "It's Takei to rhyme with toupee." Because he wears because a toupee. William Shatner wears a toupee. So, a sick burn. B very instructional. Yeah, I, so, yeah. I think he fucking hates William Shatner. Um, he was probably a fucking homophobe. Like I yeah. don't want to. Well, he Assume, he, but... he wasn't out at the time, was he? I don't think. Mm, I don't know. No idea. But and then they've um, he's it, a gay icon in, now. Though. In Star Trek Beyond, they canonically make Sulu gay. Ah, uh, it's one of those ones where they don't say it though. You just see him with his like partner. I feel like that's kind of yeah. how it should be though. Yeah. There's no need to go. Sulu's gay. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> just give I, him a boyfriend. Some, sometimes though, I feel like they make a big thing out of these things. Like yeah, um, they do. When they were like, oh... Sometimes it's necessary, Le, but... Le going to be gay in the Beauty and the Beast remake. And <laughs> yeah. you just see he's, there's like one moment where he like looks at a man and it's like, that's not really representation, is it? No, that's just virtue signalling, yeah. if I'm honest. It's like J.K. Rowling saying Dumbledore was gay after finishing the entire series and never referencing it once and then when she was given the opportunity to reference it in the new Fantastic Beast films she fucking pussied out of it it's almost like she didn't mean it anyway and that's on being 
truthful. That's just that's just the truth. Um, Thank you, J.K. Rowling. Any <laughs> we're taking everyone down way. with us today. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> we're having two weeks off, so we're like, fuck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. She, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, George Takei said, no, it's you can do it because Sulu is a character who represents all of Asia. Aw, that's nice. To get the perfect Vulcan salute from Zachary Quinto, J.J. Um, Abrams um, glued his fingers together. I mean, it's not that hard, is it? I don't know. You tell me. Maybe he couldn't do it. Um, and then this is quite... I, I don't know how I feel about this. So apparently, Robert Roberto Orkey, Alex Kurtzman and J.J. Abrams personally called Leonard Nimoy's home to a request for, to be, for him to be in the film. So that's the writers and the director of the film. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, initially, he was like, who are you guys and what are you up to? Like, sort of, he was a bit standoffish mm. before mm. He, he was told how important he was to them. And then apparently, he was silent and Nimoy's wife told the creative team that after the conversation, he remained in his chair emotionally overwhelmed by his decision to return as Spock after turning mm. down many opportunities to revisit the role. He decided to act in this film as he was turned on by the script's scope and its detailing of the characters' histories. We've dealt with Spock mm. being half human and half Vulcan, but never with quite these, this overview that this script has of the character's entire history, his character growth, his beginnings, and his arrival into the Enterprise crew. Aww. So it's quite a big emotional thing for him. Because I, really I think he struggled quite a bit with like the, the fame of Spock. Because I think when initially it was like a massive massive thing wasn't it and that's all people mm -hmm. saw him ha saw him as because he's got an autobiography hasn't he yeah that's called like being mr spock or something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And apparently he said to zachary quinto when they met at comic-con that you've no idea what you've got yourself in for the thing is though like zachary quinto was never gonna overtake no Leonard no Nimoy no in terms of being the icon so yeah i feel like no one knows zachary quinto as oh it's the guy who played spock in the reboot mm. people just go oh it's zachary quinto <laughs> do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. it's not like he is spock now so you can't really pass the torch with something like that it's like if they did like a harry potter remake people aren't going to be like to whoever takes over from daniel radcliffe oh he's harry potter like daniel radcliffe can never shake that ever <laughs> yeah i guess he is harry potter forever i was gonna say that about spider-man but i don't know i think of tom holland when i think of spider-man tom holland is spider-man and i put that down to like I think the the impact of the modern like MCU and just how powerful it is now. I think what we have with Marvel now is like ten times more iconic and important than when the original Spider Man movies came out with Tobey Maguire. Like they were good, but I don't think the cultural impact was quite as strong as what we have now. We're like in the eye of yeah. the storm with Marvel, like we would have been in the seventies when Star Trek I, came I out. I think I think those Spider Man films. That's like the start of people going, oh, superhero oh, movies <laughs> can actually be good. Uh, you got yeah. like X-Men and stuff as well. Impossible. I mean, we all know that Tobey Maguire is my favourite Spider-Man. To, to, so. to some extent, Blade as well. Um, mm. But anyway, this breaks the the odd movie curse of Star Trek. Do you know about mm. this? Nope. So there's a. it's always been a running joke until these films, unfortunately, that... All the star, the odd numbered Star Trek movies are shit. Oh, I think I have heard and about this. And the even numbered ones are good. So mm. that was apparently broken with the tenth Star Trek film, Star Trek Nemesis, 
which was apparently shit. I, shit. I've not seen shit. any of the original Star Trek films. I saw that in the cinema, actually, and I remember being so excited. I think it was the first Star Trek film I saw in the cinema because I was old enough to go and see it. Mm. And I remember me and my dad being like, whoa, that was garbage. Is that the one How with Tom Hardy like in that? it? Um, might be. I don't remember. I, have, I literally haven't watched it since Has I saw it Has it got it in the an movies. evil Picard clone in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Tom Hardy. Oh. <laughs> that's the only fact I know about that film, is Tom Hardy what? plays yeah. Picard's How evil clone. How old must I have been when I watched that? I think I was seven. I've got here that it came out in 2002, so quite young. I would have been seven, yeah. I remember just thinking, that was garbage. Oh my God, it is Tom Hardy! <laughs> what the hell, dude? For, he looks the, so bad. For the listener... Emma's mind has just been blown. Your face oh, when I said it was Tom Hardy. My God. Have you seen a picture of him yeah, in I've, this film? Yeah, I've seen clips of him doing it, yeah. He's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this is, oh this is the 11th Star Trek film. And then I would say with this series of films, I mean, there's only been three. They were all 10 out of 10. Oh, uh, no. I would say the even number the ones one are not good. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was good, but... The last one was the best, Star Trek. Was it Beyond? Yeah. The third one. The third one was the best by far. That one was written by Simon Pegg. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, get, awesome. we'll get to that at some point. <laughs> and then he, he is obviously in it and is a massive Star Trek fan. And in his um, series Spaced, mm-hmm. directed by Edgar Wright, he, they, they did a joke about like one of the facts of life is that the odd-numbered Star Trek films are shit. And he, he said <laughs> that... Um, fate put me in this movie to show me that i was talking out of my ass oh that's cute right i'll rattle through these rest ones uh, the film finally establishes ahura's first name in star trek canon as neota mm-hmm. gene roddenberry never came up with a first name for her while star, Tre- star trek was in production and as only live action television series and films are considered canon non-canon materials such as novels invented their own first names neota the swahili word for star was first used in the 1982 in 1982 and is often used in printed star trek literature including the dc comics publication who's who in star trek though some materials have used samara and pender so i like what they gave her in this yeah so it's the swahili word for star which is quite nice oh that's cute zoe saldana never saw star trek the original series but agreed to play the role of ahura after jj abrams had complimented her on her previous performances she said for an actor that's all you need that's all you want to get the acknowledgement and respect from your peers however saldana's mother was a huge fan of star trek and sent her voicemails during filming with advice Oh, that's so cute. J.J. Uh, Abrams' good luck charm, Greg, Grun- Greg Grunberg. Do you know who that is? He's in all of J.J. Mm. Abrams' films. No. He was also in Heroes. <laughs> what was his name? Matt Parkman. He's Matt Parkman in Heroes. If you saw him, I feel confident you'd know who he is. What's his uh, name? Greg Grunberg. I'm going to have a look. Greg Grum- He had to turn down a role in this film due to other commitments. However, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he worked... He's worked into the movie in post-production and he voices James Kirk's stepfather on the phone when he calls him. Nice. When he's stolen his car. And then, in the final shot of the USS Enterprise in this film, the windows are Morse code and they spell out Khan. The wrath of. Which is a setup for the second film where they did everything in their power to deny the fact that Khan was in it. And that. And then along comes Benedict Cucumber to prove yeah. them wrong. Should we give this a rating? 10 out of 10. Wait, no, sorry. I've got Tom, to ex- would you like to explain the rating system? Yeah. So our rating system <laughs> is... 
always based on an actor's name. So when we did Robert Pattinson, it was a pat on the back or a chat on the back. When it was Ryan the Goosey Gosling, we did Lucy Goosey or Juicy Goosey with Zoe Saldana. We have a multitude of options. It can be Zoe Saldana, <laughs> nah, Zoe Saldana, yeah. Let's <laughs> go, E Saldana and Noe Saldana. It's Zoke um, and many more. And many more. Or we do a pun on the name of the film. Yep. So just on the pun thing. um, So as I've mentioned, my dad is the biggest Trekkie known to man. And my whole house growing up was full of Star Trek stuff. I'm talking collectible plates on the walls, ships everywhere, phasers just in the kitchen. Set to stun. And so, yeah. So my mom grew obviously a deep hatred for star trek as you would as the wife of a trekkie and um growing up she used to call it fart wreck to piss him off so if it was the bad pun it would be fart wreck fart wreck <laughs> and that is a de- that's dedicated to my mother well, thank you for it's, that it's star trek anyway isn't it? it's uh it zoe is. saldana yeah it's the biggest zoe saldana <laughs> i sounded like waluigi waluigi <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, go-to character on mario brilliant. kart i will accept no other options i i love star trek so much it's I mean, there's not much more we could say on it is it is there just no, go watch it it's great it's a fucking watch classic it. film classic uh okay let's move on then to a small movie called avatar i've never heard of it ha <laughs> 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 jokes, <laughs> jokes now you shocked me by telling me that luke the man that you live with, <laughs> as he will be known from now on, had never seen this film. No, he's never seen Avatar, which is just so stupid. Which I can't believe it. Because I, I don't know if anyone yeah. knows, but Avatar is literally the highest grossing film of all time, which means that probably more people than anywhere any other film on the planet have seen it. And he has yeah, not managed to um, see it. Well, he's seen it now. That's just Luke all over. Like He's missed most of... The biggest films in history, but he's seen like It Man one through four about fifty times. So <laughs> I just yeah, but bit of a he enjoyed it. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, just a bit of a just had a his childhood was just a mess as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's the parents that need to answer for this. <laughs> but yeah, I I saw Avatar when it came out in the cinema. I think I saw it in 3D as well. I saw both because it was like a 3D. Wow, come and see this film in 3D. It's so cool. CGI. Well, so it's, it is interesting that... I think we've spoken about this before. This is like the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. Until uh, Avengers Endgame. But then yeah, it's, which is understandable. It's, sin- <laughs> it's since surpassed it again because they did a re-release. So mm-hmm. I'll just give you the, the figures. So it, this grossed dollars and then Bruh. Avengers Endgame grossed two billion seven hundred and ninety million two hundred sixteen thousand one hundred ninety three dollars. Wow, is that it? <laughs> and then they did a re-release yeah. of Avatar, and Avatar pipped it again. I mean, fair. Anyway, the highest-grossing film for ten years, first mm-hmm. first film ever to break two billion. Mm-hmm. I I literally this is the second time that I've watched it. Mm-hmm. I never think about it. And what do you think the cultural impact has been on cinema? I It's just 3D, right? I think that... I mean, I don't know, and I have, we haven't got to your facts yet, and I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about the history of this film, but I do feel as though it was a combination of, like, new-ish, very, like, holy CGI film 
being marketed so well by like James Cameron's team and like just the impact of him being like I'm doing this huge sci-fi film there's loads of CGI it's and I just feel like at the time that everyone got whipped up into a frenzy about Avatar and they were like oh my god this looks amazing like it's all like CGI it's this brand new thing Mm. and everyone just went mad for it but then when you watch it now you're like uh <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of not they were they were much, worried that it wasn't going to make money because it yeah also the most expensive movie ever made so <laughs> yeah it made two billion dollars nearly three well they were they were you know about 300 million shy but um it cost the budget of this film was 280 million dollars yeah that's like insane so they were worried yeah. that it wasn't going to make money. And he, he signed a deal with Fox that he mm-hmm. would waive his director's fee if it didn't make money. Yeah. Because um, they were like, it's going to lose it's going to lose us so much money. I think, yeah, I think he did it-, it for Titanic because he literally, he got given a, like, a modest budget for Titanic and he kept pushing it and pushing it and being like, I need more, I need more. And he kept writing back to the studio, like, give me more. And he had to do it as well. And they were like, if this fucking flops, then yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, dead. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously it didn't. Interesting fact, the the last film he directed before this was Titanic. And that was the previous highest, highest grossing film ever. James Cameron just moves different and no one ever could compare to his skills. <laughs> so yeah, he... Yeah, I just, but it's just so strange to me that it's it's not really had that much impact. Do you know, like The Matrix comes out. It's a it's one of those mm. like hasn't it cornerstone though? films. Do you, th- no, I d- do you not think it has? No. Like, do you not think it's had maybe a subconscious impact on the sci-fi films thereafter? I'm not saying it has. I'm just curious. No, I don't. I really don't. No, it's it's no like you see. So like I've just used The Matrix Day. The Matrix comes out. Every, yeah. If you watch The Matrix now, I think you could name me at least 10 films that have been directly yeah. influenced by The Matrix. Um, yeah, yeah, And I, sure. I went to see The Matrix when they did like a re-release for the 20th web. I think I mentioned this before. And yeah, the person I, I went think, to see yeah. it with, they'd never seen The Matrix. And they were like, oh my God, so many films make sense to me now. Like yeah. th- this thing from this film makes sense. This film from This thing from this film makes sense to me. And... Like I don't think you have that with Avatar. <laughs> I think I think no. Maybe it like pushed the boundaries of what was possible with CGI. But I think I that think had, had already been done a bit with Lord of the Rings mm. and stuff like that. I think this pushed it to a whole new level because obviously it. I've, what was it? I think it's sixty percent of this film is entirely CG and forty percent mm-hmm. is live action. Mm-hmm. I don't think it holds up to today's standards. There was bits no. where people look like floaty people on. It was the the live action that gave it away. Like, I think the CGI... Sorry, James Cameron, by the way. I'm just absolutely ripping into your film. <laughs> I'm such a fan of him. Like, um... Jim, we I, love I you, think but the, this is I a remember at the ta- critical analysis. I remember at the time going and being blown away by it, right? Yeah. And being like, oh my God, that was so realistic. I think now mm-hmm. it looks like a very good quality... Uh, cinematic, yeah, like in a video game. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a game, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I imagine because there is a sequel coming out to this. Appa- Appar- apparently, mean, there's been a fucking sequel in production for Avatar well, no, they, for about they, they, ten been, years. They've been filming it. Like, yeah. there is who's in it? It's who's, the same there... ca- same cast, like Zoe and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go on her IMDb, it's all there, there's like five Avatar films. I remember not long after Avatar came out. Well, I say not long, maybe a couple of years. 
they kept talking about they're doing an underwater avatar and i was well up for that and then i heard yeah, nothing yeah. about it because he like bought his own submarine and all this so yeah it, it's been <laughs> so in production dim. i think the thing is they've been filming all of the sequels back to back to back yeah that's the thing isn't but, it um, oh, it's coming out in 2022 yeah they keep announcing a release date for it and pushing it back i think because of the last couple have been because of covid mm. but yeah they are coming apparently so i imagine oh, it's that, got kate winslet in it i imagine so they'll be groundbreaking but that's the return of kate but the main the main thing that i what i always think this film has given us is the 3d thing where after this came yeah. out every film was in 3d it almost wasn't like a cultural reset so much as like the like cin- cinema reset, like the way that people view the cinema. Like, yeah, it made 3D really popular and then everyone wanted to do 3D films. But in terms of maybe like the style, like you're saying about The Matrix, I don't think it did a lot. But in a way, isn't it impressive that it's such a unique thing that yeah. no one could possibly copy it? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like other examples of like films that have changed the way that cinema goes i can't really think of it oh avatar 2 has jermaine clement in it (laughs) oh really to see what excited to see what he does holy shit and david thewlis oh my god this cast is litty (laughs) litty in the titty is almost as good as the cast for knives out 2 (laughs) 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 lineup at this point extensive as knives out 2 yeah oh my god so (laughs) yeah Shall I read you so I've got a shitload of facts for this as well. Yeah, go on. Are we going to talk about the story of Avatar? No. Or... Ever... The only person on this planet that hadn't seen Avatar was my bloody boyfriend. But so... this, is, this is the thing, though. Before watching it again, I couldn't have told you the story. It's about... I, oh, I no. Could've... Capitalism. <laughs> it's... Well, I remember when it's it... capitalism ca- in space. I remember when it came out, everyone saying that it was um, Dances with Wolves in Space. Mm-hmm. But apparently, like reading into it, apparently it was inspired by Pocahontas. I can see that. Yeah. And also, Jake Sully has the same initials as John Smith from Pocahontas. Oh. Um, but oh. yeah, it's basically it's one of those um, an indigenous tribe who just ha- trying to live life, just trying to live life, yeah, live off the fat of the land. They're ha- mm-hmm. they're at one with nature, kind of like yeah. the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, if we want to yeah. take it there. Yeah, um, which is apparently what the the idea of the Ewoks was was that the the, the Empire because not because Ewoks aren't hated but they're like oh it's, the Empire was beaten by a load of bears but apparently <laughs> it's because it's like these this primitive race was able to overthrow this technological empire it's like the whole well nature it's, nature it's, always wins is yeah is the age old concept of like nature always prevails like stuff even like, I tell you what I think not to take it there but the Last of Us two is overrun by nature you go anywhere there's vines i tell you what this trees. did give me vibes of emma and i think you'll go thank on. me for making this comparison go on it did remind me a little bit of when they were talking about how we had the humans had destroyed earth mm-hmm. it's given mm-hmm. me a bit of horizon vibes oh, i just couldn't agree more tom i couldn't agree more so yeah. maybe that's the cultural impact of avatar is it's given us the Horizon I'm games. I'm going to at Gorilla Games on Twitter and I'm going to be like, so, Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Thoughts? yeah, they go, they go to this planet that's teeming with wildlife and they want to mine it and destroy it for the element unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've got a fact about this. So I was like, this is just such lazy writing, surely. Yeah, yeah. But apparently 
unobtainium is a humorous term used mainly in the aerospace industry. Um, mm. It describes a material that is perfect for an application but does not exist, is extremely expensive, or violates the laws of physics. Okay, that's cool. Uh, well, so I'm unsure if this is in real life that you refer to stuff as unobtainium or if this is just what they came up with for the film. It sounds like it's a thing in the aeronautics Because then it says its chemical symbol is UO. Unobtainium is also a general concept term used by sci-fi enthusiasts for any fictional substance that is needed to build a certain device that is crucial to the plot of a sci-fi story. So I think it's a reference to a trope is why he's used it. I like that. That's cool. Unobtainium is featured in The Core, that was released in 2003, where the earth-boring vessel called the Virgil has a hull made from unobtainium to help it withstand the massive pressures inside the Earth's core. Unobtainium is also an anti-gravity element in the online multiplayer video game Skyrates. Skyrates. Skyrates of the Caribbean. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's more of a trope. Whereas I always thought, like, oh, they just couldn't think of a name. Yeah. Um, Also... Before I get into my facts, the return of Sigourney Weaver for the second time um, in two weeks on the pod. And also the second return of Phoebe's brother from Friends. I was going to say that, yeah. He's a bastard. Yeah, he's like the generic, um, you know, generic corporate man who wants to get the Just wants money. Just yeah. wants money. Um, money! So I'll give you some facts. Apparently, James Cameron originally planned to have the film completed for release in 1999. At at the time, special effects he wanted increased the budget to 400 million. No studio would fund the film, and he shelved it for eight years. This movie took four years to make, from pre-production to release. He's known for being tough on set, is our gym. Um, So he allegedly kept a nail gun on set that he would use to nail cell phones of anyone who had the misfortune of them going off while they were filming. Holy crap. It was the first ever film to gross uh, $2 billion worldwide, beaten by Endgame. Some CGI scenes took an average of 47 hours to render. I can believe it. I can honestly believe Imagine it. Imagine that. Imagine you render a scene, it takes 47 hours, and then he goes, oh, could you make it a bit more blue? <laughs> And they're like, oh, God, okay. That's Um, bad, isn't it? Yeah. So to help the actors prepare for their roles, director James Cameron took the cast and crew to Hawaii, where they Ah. spent their days trekking through the forests and jungles, living like tribes, building campfires, eating fish, etc., in order to get a better sense of what it would be like to live and move around in the jungle on Pandora, since Mm. there would not be any actual jungle sets to aid and guide the actors and crew. Because, yeah, this was filmed pretty much in a green room. Yeah, just like in a studio. Um, Zoe Saldana even dressed up as a warrior during these journeys, complete with an alien tail, symbolic of the one her character has in the movie. She's so cool. These hikes were only done during the daytime, however, as the cast and crew spent their nights at the Four Seasons Hotel. (laughs) (laughs) So they They wanted to really get involved in in nature, get in the thick of it, um, uh, and then have a bath at the end of the day. Bear grills in it a bit. (laughs) Apparently, he <laughs> he, um, he films during the day and then goes to hotels at night. Why am I not surprised? According to James Cameron, the Na'vi, which are the aliens in this film, mm-hmm. are blue to create a conceptual parallel with traditional Hindu depictions of God, e.g. Vishnu and his later Ooh. avatars. 
a Sanskrit word meaning a manifestation of divinity in bodily form, such as Rama, Krishna, etc. That's really cool. But also because Cameron just likes the colour blue. <laughs> what he did was he backwards justified yeah, it. He yeah, was like, yeah, I yeah. want them to be blue because blue's cool. And then he went Googling to try and figure out a reason. <laughs> and then this final one is just just because men. Despite understanding that the Na'vi are not placental mammals, James Cameron insisted from the start that Natiri, Zoe Saldana's character, should have breasts so as to look hot from a human's point of view. I mean, yeah, fine. (laughs) Why not? Uh, And that's all all my facts for this film. Wow, it's... I mean, I got the impression you weren't enjoying it because Tom texts me... um, while he was watching it and just put Avatar is fucking long. I mean, it is long. I personally think it could do with about 20 minutes shaving off it. It got to the point where I was like, oh, we're in the third act now and there is an hour left. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God. It is long. Stop Um, hugging the trees. I do really enjoy it though. It's good. I like it. And we haven't mentioned, but my queen, Lord and Saviour Sigourney Weaver is obviously in it. So I really enjoy that because I love her so much. Yeah. I'll do anything for that woman. Anything? Uh, literally anything. Um, What if she asked you to shave your head? Oh no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not quite anything. I would be the ugliest bald person you've ever seen. She shaved her head, though. Mm, Good for her. (laughs) (laughs) Good for her. Uh, Okay, should we give this a rating? Yeah. I'd say it's Zoke. Ooh, wow. I give it a Saldanias. Okay, interesting. Quel intéressant. I was going to say, is it (laughs) Avatar? Or have a laugh. <laughs> You're having a laugh, ain't you? <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear me. Okay. Dear Jesus Christ. Me. Shall we move on? <laughs> yeah. So the final film we watched is Death at a Funeral. A bit of a change of pace. <laughs> yeah. So what's this film about? Um, this film is about... Okay, so first of all, I just want to say I saw Spiral in the cinema last week starring Chris Rock and I was thinking, I haven't seen Chris Rock in anything in so long and then the next day I watched Death at a Funeral starring Chris Rock. Isn't it funny how these things happen? Yeah, mental. So it's about um, a family funeral, I guess, where um, this guy's... Well, their dad's died, Chris Rock's dad's died and um it's just sort of a comedy about that and things happen someone dies but we'll get to that what's his name james who's his face the white guy marsden james marsden second appearance on the podcast james marsden gets high at the funeral and starts going crazy and I'd, it's hard to explain it's just one of them films where like not a lot happens it's just a comedy set at a funeral where a family so, get together question yeah. though did you find it funny um no, no. No. <laughs> so. No. That, that things happened that I processed in my head to be. That was a this joke. This is meant to be funny. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, to, to me, did you know that this is a remake? No. This is a, re- a 2010 remake of a 2007 film, Death at a Funeral. Right. 
unlike most remakes, American remakes, film-wise anyway, they remake mm-hmm. all our TV series. Mm-hmm. This is a remake of a British film. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm. I will send you... If you watch the trailer for the British film, mm-hmm. you can see that pretty much it's the same jokes pulled. Mm-hmm. It's much. It seems from the trailer, at least, much funnier in a British yeah, context. Yeah, maybe we should watch it. Yeah, because I d- a lot of the jokes stem from uh, like awkwardness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Americans don't do awkwardness very well. It, it's a, a very British thing of like not knowing how to act or not talking about death. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like the cast, so it's Matthew McFadden is the Chris mm-hmm. Rock character. Keely mm-hmm. Hawes is his wife. And Oh, okay. Are they still together? They were together in real life, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And what's his name now? It's Colin Frissell from Love Actually. He was in My Family. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the brother who has the drugs. See, that would have been hilarious. See, that just like it immediately makes more sense, doesn't it? And then um James Marsden being like fake high so, just was crazy. No, no, so he he's he's not the guy on the drugs, he's the guy who gives him the drugs. The, yeah, oh, okay, the James Marsden character, interestingly, is played by Alan Tudyk doing a British accent. Oh. And the girlfriend not got a clue who she is. Oh, okay. But the and the original was directed by Frank Oz as well. Mm. So this seems to be pretty much the same script, but directed by someone else and in an American setting and just yeah. not as funny, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Interestingly, Peter Dinklage great. in the original playing exactly the same oh. character. He's the only character to reprise his, the only actor to reprise his role. Peter Dinklage can just do what he wants, really, and he's always good, so... So, yeah, the, dra- the main drama of it comes that Peter Dinklage attends this funeral and he reveals himself to be their father's lover... Yeah, and, and he's got these photos of them. He's doing blackmailing stuff. them to give them to give him money, and mm-hmm. then some of the hilarity, inverted commas, ensues from the brother of one one of the relations. He's like a a medical student, and he has what appears to be Valium in a yeah. bottle that says Valium, but it's not Valium; it's acid. Yeah, and they give some to Peter Dinklage to calm him down, but they give him too much, and they think they've killed him. Uh, and they put him in the coffin, mm-hmm. and you know, he obviously wakes up at an inopportune moment. And I think it was just too predictable to be funny. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's it's like a farce, mm. and I think again, I think a farce is a very British thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, because yeah. you know, Friday night dinner, mm-hmm. that's farce. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> but like, can you imagine that in an Amer- in an American setting? No, it does, like, it doesn't work. Does it? It's a disconnect. The remake of the IT crowd. No, from America. No, it it's so offensive. Yeah, it's just, and I find so many American TV shows hilarious. Like New Girl is my favorite sitcom. Yeah. I'm not slagging off American comedy, but it just doesn't translate well. Well, it's like it doesn't translate well. It's like the difference between the American Office and the UK Office, right? Mm. I find the UK Office fucking hilarious, and I mm-hmm. I have, I also love the American Office, mm. but they had to fundamentally change what it was to make the American Office the American Office. Yeah, so like, definitely. The first series, Steve Carell's character is not the same. The first, as the first character. series of the American Office is pretty much beat for beat the first series, and like it's pretty mu- again pretty much the same script as the mm-hmm. UK Office, and it just doesn't work. They were no. it worked enough that they got it to a second series and then also mm-hmm. i think what helped it was that 
during that first series, Steve Carell like became a massive star. Yeah. With like the 40 year old virgin and all that. But then they completely changed that to it's way more hopeful and more American. <laughs> like the British office is depressing. Yeah, but that's it's what's, just reality. That's though. <laughs> what's like good about it. I don't know. Yeah, because people in like British people watch the UK office and we relate because that is literally what it's like working in an office here. Yeah. And we're all nihilists. Yeah, we're, the UK's quite self-deprecating, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, life is shit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just think just the idea of an American farce doesn't work. It's like the Amer- American in-betweeners or don't, don't, the American don't. Gavin and Stacey. Just don't. It's like there's just some things that, in- that inherently work in one culture that don't work in another. Yeah, and death at a funeral didn't land for me. Yeah, well, just watching because in in the trailer, I haven't watched the British death at a funeral, but in the trailer, there's literally beat for beat some lines of dialogue that you can see are exactly pulled from mm-hmm. from one into the other, and the delivery is completely different, and it's entire mm. it's entirely a British thing and an american thing like mm-hmm. they're one one is delivered as a british person and one is deli- obviously the, the accents like that i mean like just the the tone. the tone and the the characterization so who is it in this film oh ross wilson is it ross wilson yeah. Owen wilson's brother oh luke wilson. luke wilson why does it say ross um <laughs> he his character in the british version is played by um oh, What's his name? I can't remember the actor's name, but he's in Train Spotting. Um, oh right, I think I know him. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Somebody Bremner is that his name? Mm. Anyway, I'm just going to Google it. Luke Wilson's character looks comes across as an utter arse. <laughs> in yeah, he's horrible in this. Whereas in that one, he seems to come across as a bit more of like a just a posh git. Whereas yeah, he's yeah. like a really smarmy, like full Luke of himself. Wilson's guy. character is just seedy. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. Just horrible. Whereas he's just an insensitive posh twat in yeah the english one yeah so yeah it's, it just doesn't translate i've got a few facts about it okay so obviously it's a remake of the 2007 movie um mm-hmm. and al- although hollywood has history of making american versions of foreign films the original is english and also very quickly made because of the, the original was the original was made in 2007 and this was made in 2010 but appara- yeah, it's unusual to do a remake that quick, isn't it? And apparently both were successful. The UK version made 46 million and this version made 49 million. So this was actually Blood, more yeah. successful. But That's just crazy. Yeah. And then also, it's not the only remake. There's a Hindi version titled Daddy Cool, Join the Fun. <laughs> now that I would like to watch. <laughs> and then also three members of the cast have appeared in movies based on Marvel comics. James Marsden is in the X-Men franchise. Zoe Saldana is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Peter Dinklage Mm -hmm. appeared both in X-Men as Mm -hmm. Bolivar Trask in Days of Future Past and also in the MCU in Avengers Infinity War as Mm -hmm. Atiri the Dwarf. He's having a great time. Yeah. Although, when I saw him in it, I was like, shit, I've not seen him in anything in ages. And like, and then you remembered he was an X Men. Well, no, but when he when Game of Thrones was on, he was in everything. Yeah. And Infinity War came out before the demise of <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> but yeah. since Game of Thrones, I don't think I've seen him in anything. In He's fact, probably just like 
enjoying his riches. There was a point where I knew his name. And when I saw him in this, I was like, oh, it's... It's... You can't forget Peter Dinklage. I was like, it's Tyrion. What's his name? What's his name? Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, and then I was like, shit, of course, yeah, it's Peter Dinklage. Like, what's wrong with me? But I just thought that was interesting. (laughs) So basically, based off our resounding review of this film, uh, (laughs) go and watch the British version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're always better. (gasps) True. Have we ever done a British remake of an American show? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm trying to think of American remakes that are always bad. Like, The Office is the only exception that I can think of. Mm. But mm-hmm. did you, you ever watch Life on Mars? Yeah. They remade that and ah. absolutely butchered that as well. Like, the ending to that is, like, the worst thing. So, spoilers for Life on Mars, both British and American. But in the British one, he's in a coma, right? Yeah. And he wakes up. And then, did you ever watch Ashes to Ashes? No. So basically, it was all revealed in the end that it's some kind of like purgatory slash afterlife for yeah. police officers. <laughs> Which, they made it work. Anyway, in Life on Mars, the American TV show, mm-hmm. at the end of the series, he wakes up. Sam Tyler, this is, or they probably named, changed his name to like Chuck Tyler or something like that. Um, <laughs> Chad. He wakes up and... He was never a police policeman officer in mm. modern day America. He is in fact in like cryostasis on a mission to Mars. Oh, it hurts. And that's oh, why it it's hurts. called Life on Mars. Oh god, okay. Wow. Wow. Yep. Anywho. Damn. Should we give this a <laughs> should we give this a rating? Yeah, it's a Noe Zalzana from me. Yeah, it's a it's a Noe Saldana from me as well. Just no. It should have its own funeral. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see a good Chris Rock film, go and watch Spiral because that was so good. So good. It was so it was good. so good. Right. I actually forgot that I even made notes for that film because I just didn't want to remember anything about it. <laughs> I, one of my notes was, Zoe, another controversial interracial relationship? Okay. I thought the exact same thing, actually. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, we're just doing this that. one again, are we? Oh, and then I put, there's a guy playing Uncharted, lol. Oh, yeah, that was the only good thing about the film, was someone was playing yeah. Uncharted. That's it, that's all my notes. Oh, God. Okay, let's uh, go to... Let's have a rank. The official <laughs> Zoe Saldana ranking then, shall we? Yeah. Okay, I'll do you the top five. Mm-hmm. How do you want me to do the top five? Um, George Takei's voice. <laughs> Don't say gay. Say <laughs> to K. In at number five, it's Vantage Point. In at number four, it's Drumline. In at number three, it's Center Stage. In at number two, it's Get Over It. And in at number one, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Oh, dear. Brilliant. I love that. Thank it's you. like he's in the room. Yeah. Um, okay, where are we going to stick Star Trek 2009? I mean, in my opinion, it is number one right now. Okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you that. Cool. Where do you want to stick Avatar? Avatar is 
gonna be after parts i was gonna say for me parts of the caribbean is better than avatar yeah okay yeah cool glad we agree (laughs) and then finally where the fuck are we gonna put death at a funeral death at a funeral (laughs) i mean it's not better than six degrees is it (laughs) no um above the skeptic i reckon no actually no above premium above premium no below premium (laughs) but then i don't think it's better than guess whomst okay it's definitely better than haven though yeah 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 okay (laughs) that just went cronking down the list so quickly (laughs) i just couldn't allow it i just it was just just a nothing it was like yeah i don't know right anyway so that's our ranking shall Mm. we go on to then (laughs) my god thanks for that no worries zero worries Um, this is our little mini game that we do for a bit of fun um, where I give Tom three quotes by either Marilyn Monroe or Zoe Saldana, and then he has to guess who said what and play along at home. It's super fun. I can't remember what score we're on. Is it 4-3 to me? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's 4-3 to me, but I I will say that they are, <laughs> they are getting really obvious now. At first, the, the reason I made this game is because when I was looking at Zoe Saldana quotes, I realized that she sounds like Marilyn Monroe. Like, she says really whimsical stuff. But now it's getting to the point where we're sort of scraping the barrel. So, yeah, Tom, you well, might be able to scrape we've got, yourself We've got point eight back. more episodes of this, so I hope you can scrape it out for a bit longer. Maybe I'll just start making them up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> be like, was it me or the other two? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah. Okay, so quote number one, I restore myself when I'm alone. That's Zoe. That's Marilyn. Fuck off! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh my god okay okay right i'm so quote confident on that one <laughs> quote number two i love aging why would i want to be 21 for the rest of my life <laughs> zoe i don't know it's zoe it's zoe you got yeah it. yeah you got although it, she's you got not it. aged in about 20 years come yeah, on it's all right to say i don't mind aging when you permanently look 25 <laughs> when you've got hollywood money when you're still getting that sweet sweet avatar money <laughs> yeah yeah um okay your last quote if you can make a girl laugh you can make her do anything marilyn monroe that was marilyn yeah monroe. boy he's back in the room it's back for all bitches <laughs> um okay that's, uh, that's, well that's cheered me up after well last week's disgrace. <laughs> right. That's bringing us to the end. Um, it's the end. It's the end. So, obviously, as stated, uh, we're going to have a few weeks off. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. When will we be back? 23rd of the June, did I say? 23rd of June. Yeah, that's possibly right. Possibly. Very, very possibly. So, next time... When we're back, though, mm-hmm. we will be watching The Losers, Ooh. Burning Palms, Palms, and Idiots. Ah, all those films, I have not heard of one. <laughs> I'm sure they're excellent. Okay. Seeing as okay. we've never heard of them. But having said that, we are past the Avatar Star Trek mm-hmm. point in their career. So at this point, Hollywood should be fucking clamouring 
to get her in movies, so they'll hopefully be good. And if they're yeah. even if they're not good, she'll have a large part in them. Yeah, this is true. Cool. So yeah, we'll see you then on the twenty third. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave us mm-hmm. a review. If you don't listen to us on there, uh, you could just download it quickly. Give us a review, or you could just tell your friends. Yeah. Tell them to listen. Spread the word. Spread the good word. word. Of mouth. Spread the good word. Yeah. Run down the streets playing it out of your phone. Yeah. And say, this is the best podcast ever. Like that. <laughs> that, that, if anything, that will make you more friends. So <laughs> do that. People really like yeah. it when people do that. <laughs> if you want to contact us, um, let us know your thoughts on Star Trek. What do you, what are your thoughts on Avatar? Do you mm-hmm. think Avatar changed the cinema landscape? Mm. Or do you think it just made 3D films popular? Mm. Let us know. If you want to do that, kind of contact us, how can they do that, Emma? You could email us, listener, uh, on a rollpod at gmail.com. You could tweet us on a roll pod. You could Instagram us on a roll pod. You could head over to our Patreon and sign up, and then you can join our exclusive club of on a roll honorary on a roll members or whatever we're calling them these days um and chat to us on there that's patreon.com forward slash on a roll pod um and yeah come chat you'll also get access to our exclusive bonus series called kung fu the legend continues to continue where we talk about the tv show kung fu from the cw so if you're craving your tom and emma fix you can go get some extra episodes over there why wouldn't you want to do that why wouldn't you want to do that? It's only exactly. three quid. Yeah, Plus. fucking sign up, baby. Sign up, baby. Yeah. Speaking of, do you want to shout out our current patrons? Yeah, I do. Oh my God, I don't have my list in front of me, but maybe I could just try and remember off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's thank you to our patrons, Harriet, Beth, Daisy, Sue, Luke, Maya, Tasha. Is that everyone? I, have I feel no like I've missed one person. Oh my god! Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. And Hannah and Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> so you in fact people. did not get everyone. I tried so hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have ADHD. You're not allowed to be angry at me. Okay. Well, thank you to those guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. We love you. Even if Emma can't remember your names. Yeah. <laughs> That's a me problem, not a you problem. And we'll see you. In two weeks. Have a funky time. Have Have a good time, baby. Have a sweet, sweet time. And we'll see you again when we all talk about the one, the only, Zoe Saldana. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye, Tom. Bye. (laughs) Mummy. Mummy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.